Welcome back to another episode of JR Basketball. I'm John, joined by Ronnie, and we got a couple of things we want to look at today. But first, Ronnie, how's it going? How, did you get your sprinklers fixed? <laughs> I ordered some parts. They're on their way, and then my clutch went out of my car, so I have to fix that. Oh boy! Actually, you know what? It just ended up being some low fluids. I put some fluid in there. I think I'll be okay, even though there's a small <laughs> leak. But we'll small see. Leak. Yep. Small leaks are fine. Yeah. <laughs> My sprinklers are still broken. Uh, it is so damn hot. I have not gone outside to do anything with it. I just <laughs> yeah. silently judge myself for not taking care of it, but it's on yeah. my list. Well, it's tough. Like you said, it's so hot. And yeah, it's much different here than it is in other places on the East Coast. Right. Any uh, long-term so, effects at all from COVID when you had that? Uh, No, not really. I, I, I wheeze a little bit and my nose yeah. is still stuffed up, but huh. for the most part, I feel like I'm back to... 90-ish percent of where I was. Well, that's good. Put on some COVID weight from uh, all the <laughs> snacking, but you know what? That's yeah. okay. That's good. Some people lose weight during the, the circuit yeah, when they're yeah. sick, you know? So. <laughs> Let's talk basketball, Rowdy. This sure. is a basketball podcast. Let's do it. <laughs> all right. If you want to check out our sprinkler podcast, it'll <laughs> be debuting soon. <laughs> we'll make a YouTube video, how to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> Today is Wednesday, July 20th, and hot off the presses, James Harden has agreed to a two-year contract with the Philadelphia 76ers. Two years, $68 million. His second year is a player option, so he could potentially become a free agent at the end of this next season. He took about a 30% pay cut. He was supposed to make 40-something million next year. Uh, forty-seven point four million. He, instead, he will be making thirty-four million. So he saves quite a bit of money for the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. I I like it. I think it's a very team-friendly contract, but it also gives him a chance to put up crazy video game numbers, which he's capable of, and then going out and getting another max deal or or another bigger long-term contract. Yeah, this kind of interests me. So, do you think it was his decision to take less money, or do you think it was like the team's decision to pay him less, or how, how did that work out? Because I just learned about this contract um, well, from you right before we started the, the podcast. Yeah, I think it was his. You know, he made public statements saying, "Do what you got to do. We'll deal with my contract later," and that gave them some financial flexibility to go out and sign PJ Tucker and sign uh, House Daniel House as well. So mm -hmm. I think he was cool with it. I think he's kind of betting on himself. Uh, I, I expect he'll opt out at the end of this next season and sign a bigger, longer-term contract. How old do you think James Harden is? And not just not just you, but anyone on the podcast. Think to yourself right now, how old is James Harden? Isn't he 33? He is 32. I thought he was a thousand times older. Yeah. For whatever reason in my head, I think he's like in his late 30s. He looks like he's in his late 30s sometimes. His, well, his hairline has gone very back, which, you know, I'm not one to talk. I started losing my hair in high school, but <laughs> yeah. he just seems like he's aged a lot over the last three or four years. Yeah. No, you're right. He does look older, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. 32 years old, James Harden, 10-time All-Star. He will be a 76er for at least one more year, possibly two. He has the player option. Uh, like I said, I think it's a good signing. I think they needed him. They gave up a ton to get him. So you don't want to see that just walk away at the end of the season. And he gave him a pretty team-friendly deal, took a 30% pay cut so he can come back and, and help win. So uh, I think it's it's a win for both Harden and a win for the 76ers. Yeah, the only thing I saw on ESPN from that was before the signing, they were talking about how maybe Harden was kind of hiding the fact that he had to take a pay cut 
And this was kind of like an excuse for him to say, to give a reason why he was taking a pay cut. Like he, he was saying, you know, I, I want some better players, just get who you can. But really, he had oh, to take a pay cut. Some, some drama behind the scenes. That, right. Like that, that was, they, interesting. That's kind of like the way to mask it and stuff like that. I don't know if it's true. I, I think Harden just wants to win. You know, he just, he wants a championship. And I think we have another conspiracy theory on our hands. I didn't even <laughs> think about that, Ronnie. Yeah. Thank you for, so break out your tinfoil hats, put them on. James Harden. <laughs> Was not taking a pay cut, but he knew he couldn't get it anywhere else. So to save face, he said, yeah, I'll take a pay cut. Sign whoever you need. Mm-hmm. But in the reality, he's he's crying at the corner. Right. No, I mean, seriously, he he was trying to – he went to Brooklyn. He was doing everything he could to win a ring, right? Going back with Durant and everything like that. They, things fell apart over there with Irving. And then he went to this team, and now he's just like, you guys just sign whoever you want because I thought I would have had my ring – because last year, you know, and all that stuff. Now he doesn't have a ring still, so he's like, just please bring some guys in. I'll take a pay cut. Let's get this ring, please. And so, yeah, I, I think it's true of what he's saying. I I think all the other stuff that I was hearing about is just drama. Chatter. Just, yeah. Just, yeah, just conspiracy stuff. Yep, people making drama. I, I don't know. I could see them, if you looked at the start of the season, there's not a lot of players that had a lot of salary cap space. So... Mm-hmm. He wasn't going to get a big deal from a lot. I mean, the Pacers or the Spurs, I think, are the only teams left with cap space now. And uh, I don't want to go play for either of those teams. <laughs> I also think it gives him a chance to bet on himself, have a really, really good year. Then maybe more teams are available next season, more cap space, and you can sign with them. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's his approach. Or maybe he just likes playing with Joel Embiid and he doesn't like that he has to be carrying the team. And uh, he's happy there. Who knows? I think this team is going to be one that you really want to keep a close eye on next year. So we'll now see. they're out in the second round. <laughs> well, they they um didn't they win the second round last year, but then they got knocked out. No, they they lost the second round too, huh? Yeah, they're not making it any further. You're going to have a yeah. healthy Chris Middleton. The Celtics you don't think they're going to, be going to the finals? No. Got to beat the Sorry. Celtics Sorry, and James. Milwaukee Bucks, huh? I like James Harden. He's a Sun Devil. But uh, that team that team needs more pieces than what they got, unless yeah. they have just some rookies or, or current players on the bench that just step up and develop in a huge way. Yeah, I think um, they're still talent wise far behind some of the East Coast teams. Unless they got it because he took less money. PJ Tucker. If PJ Tucker <laughs> is the answer, then you're asking the wrong question. I know you like PJ Tucker, but. No, that's not Do you know how old enough. he is, Tucker? 117. <laughs> I think he's 36. Is he? I'm going to look it up real quick. NBA years are like dog years, though. 36 <laughs> of the NBA <laughs> is, is old. I'm pretty sure I saw, he's 37. Good. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah. <laughs> not going to work out. Yeah, it didn't work out for the Lakers last year, signing all these old guys, so it shouldn't work yeah. out for the 76ers, right? <laughs> Uh, it's certainly certainly it'll work for a different team yeah that's the <laughs> definition of insanity the same yeah. thing over and over again but expecting different outcomes remember when uh, brooklyn of- i'm sorry remember, remember when brooklyn signed a bunch of old players like five years ago i thought they were on the right track to win the championship and i don't think they made the playoffs but it wasn't like a la team like a laker team or the new nets team but it was a bunch of veterans and good players but it was just way too old of a team and i don't think they made the playoffs no, I don't 
I'm not familiar with that team, but I the, yeah. the Nets have not been good for a while. Yeah, so That's it's not, it's not a good idea to sign a bunch of old players. Maybe a couple of veterans to help out the young guys, but yeah, that doesn't yeah. seem like it's that's a right way to win. I was going to say, speaking of it, doing the same thing and expecting different results, the Suns, we talked about this, or I added this at the end of the last podcast, the Suns have signed DeAndre Ayton. The Indiana Pacers made him an offer. He was a restricted free agent. The Suns matched that offer sheet within minutes. Mm-hmm. So DeAndre Ayton is going to be a Phoenix Sun for at least part of next season. He cannot be traded until July, no, January 15th. And then for the remainder of that season, he has veto power over any trade. So it's not like January 16th they can trade him away. He can say, no, no, I'm staying here. Uh, then they can trade him next offseason if they want to. But they're going to roll back the same team. The Suns are going to be more or less the same core, but with fewer bench players because they lost you know, JaVale McGee. And I, I'm not crazy about this. I like DeAndre Ayton. I just think we've seen what we're going to see. He's only 24 years old, but I think he – I don't think he's going to develop anymore. I think what you get is what you get with him, and we saw that that wasn't enough to win a championship, mm-hmm. and Chris Paul is going to be a step back from what he was last year. He continues to kind of regress as he gets older. So there we go. The Suns are, are rolling it back. I think they'll be fine. They'll make the playoffs. I think they'll fall short again. Uh, what do you think of the signing? Should should the Suns let him go to Indiana? Are you glad he's back? Uh, so at the time when I heard about the signing, I felt relieved, which wasn't the feeling I was expecting to feel. Um, I I thought I was going to be more relieved relieved about him leaving because then we could pick somebody up. But at this time, they just waited too long. They, I think this Kevin Durant talk and everything just kind of screw screwed everything up and screwed our chances of getting a decent replacement. So now that we have him, I'm okay with it. Um, I do think he is one of the better players, one one of the best centers in a league. Um, I think he's sixth best. And that being said, I don't think we there wasn't really a good replacement for him. Even though, no, like every single podcast before this, I would love to get rid of him. I said, you know, wrapped <laughs> on him every yeah. single time. But now when it came time to sign him, I was like, well. Now we pretty much have to because there's no nobody else left to get, nobody else to replace him. So, yeah, so yeah I'm okay with it for than, now. He's better than the options that were available. Yeah. I would predict that he is going. He will not finish this contract as a Phoenix Sun. Okay, interesting. I predict he will get traded. I think you'll see once Chris Paul's decline is to the to the point where he's no longer a productive point guard. Maybe two years. Mm-hmm. That uh, I think they'll probably try to unload Aiden and and kind of do a rebuild. You know, the, there's one particular thing that made me turn, and there was a picture of him where he was just he was gleaming. You know, he was smiling, he was so happy in this picture. You, it just picture says a thousand words, right? And he just looks so happy to be signing this, and even said uh, he was so glad to be done with this free agency stuff. So it, it was good to see that, and uh, I, I do feel like he's ready and. I don't. I don't think there's going to be any feelings from last year carrying over to this year. I don't think so. I hope not. Do you, do you think I there hope, would be? I think there will be. I hope. Yeah. I hope there won't be. I mean, some things were said. Some, not just from the front office of the Phoenix Suns, but even from the fans' mm-hmm. perspective, there was a lot of people crapping on him. Yeah. Like uh, me. You know, to, to your point of <laughs> yeah, to your point of him looking happy and smiling, he just signed a hundred thirty-three million dollar contract. Yeah. I mean, 
he could be playing for a baseball team and be like, ah, I'm happy they paid me this much. I don't think it necessarily has to do with the situation. I think it's just he got paid. Yeah. That's what he wanted, right? He wanted to get paid regardless. Right. Um, and he did. He got it. He's with the team that kind of, kind of, I don't want to say stabbed him in the back, but kind of dragged their feet and mm-hmm. potentially soured that, certainly soured that relationship. Yeah. But, you know, you're right. I'm glad to see him back because the options, even not even at that position, but like, okay, we have who else is available that we could spend this money on? There wasn't, yeah. there wasn't a lot of people there. As for talking about, you know, you get what you get with him. There's no room for improvement. He definitely has room to improve. And I think if he just gets a good coach in front of him that teaches him, you know, how, how to place himself in the right areas and how to do some things differently, um, I, I think he could improve. And he's only 23, I think, right? 23 or 24. So he's 24. Yep. Yeah. So he, if he just finds somebody that he listens to and applies what they're teaching him, uh, like I, I saw this highlight video of Amari Stoudemire. And I see so much potential from DA being like Stoudemire was. If he just, he just needs to find himself and realize that he could have that presence that Stoudemire had and just attack the rim, but in a way where he doesn't get offensive fouls. Someone needs to teach him that. I agree. I agree. I would love that. I would love for him to kind of turn on that Amari switch and and be more aggressive but no i don't think he's found just, anybody to teach him how to be a big guy he he wants to be a big guy i think some of it's innate though right? yeah. some of it's innate you have to have that killer instinct i mean who yeah. taught stoudemire stoudemire came into the league with that instinct who I mean, taught him stoudemire was drafted is, is, he was drafted out of high school yeah i think some of it's natural yeah yeah i don't know well we'll see i i sure hope he just becomes that stoudemire that i want him to be but <laughs> we'll, i don't think he will I don't know. Yeah. So oh, this also brought up a good point where remember during the draft when, you know, we had the choice to either pick Luca or um, DA. Well, yeah. remember, there wasn't any centers in the league. There wasn't any free agents at the time that were available where we could maybe pick a free agent and then well, for a center and then maybe pick Luca. Um, it was just that was the pick that you wanted. You know, you need you need to pick DA because he was the only center available at the time. And then, you know, here comes his contract year, and it's the same thing. Like, there's no other centers really available to choose from. He's the best one available at the time, so you had to stick with him. So everyone's always talking, like, we should have gotten Luca and everything, but no, there was other guards available, so that's why we passed on it, because our team was full of guards. We were good with guards. We needed a center. He was the best one available. So, I don't know, it just kind of made me think of that. It just seems like we're on a bad time frame right now, where when his contract is up now, after the four years, or, you know... At, Next year, when you say when we're able to trade him, are, is there going to be another center available that we could get in place of him? Because the timing will be right. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that unfolds too. I, I don't think you need another center though. Who who is the dominant center for the Golden State Warriors this yeah, year? Yeah, I know Green. So Crickets, maybe right? maybe there's there nobody. A, maybe there's a power forward available too. I was thinking about that too. It right. doesn't have I to think, be exactly a center, but just someone no. willing to fight underneath you, and good defense. You just need somebody. I mean, look at. The Celtics made it to the finals with Robert Williams and Al Horford, two great players, but they're not dominant bigs. Robin, Robert Williams has the potential to improve. I think he's pretty young as well. But in this in this playoffs run, he did. I mean, he missed a lot of time. He was playing limited minutes up until the end. There, I don't think you need a dominant center. Uh, Golden yeah. State, you know, Kevon Looney was great, but he wasn't a dominant center. He was he was good enough, and you had your your perimeter players that 
really is what got you there and let you win the championship. Yeah. And I also was looking at power forwards when I was thinking of this too. There wasn't very many power forwards available either. But yeah, I, I definitely understand what you're saying. This needs uh, to be somebody NBA available. News, yes, Sorry. somebody. And other NBA news, Hornets player Miles Bridges pleaded not guilty to domestic assault in court. Uh, I don't know how that'll work out for him. I don't <laughs> think he's on a contract right now. I think he they've extended him a qualifying offer, but I don't think anyone has made an offer to him. So he is, as of right now, I believe a free agent, which uh, doesn't look good to to get arrested right right as you enter free agency. Yeah. I think this is one of those deals where it wasn't caught on video, so it's not that big of a deal. I've noticed that when NFL players get caught doing this stuff, um, they, they could fight it unless there's a video. If there's a video, like, uh, oh, man, what was that one guy? He had a, I, I want to say his last name was Bell. I don't remember his last name. He was running there's, back to the Ravens. There's a lot in the NFL. Ray yeah. Rice punched his Ray uh, Rice, girlfriend yes. in the elevator. You nailed it. Uh, there was another one, I think Tyreek Hill. Uh, I don't know if it was his wife. Yeah, there was a there was a string of the NFL for a while. I don't while. remember Tyreek Hill. I don't remember a video. But I just, I remember the ones with videos, like they get taken under league. Kareem Hunt. Most Kareem of the time. Kareem Hunt, not Tyreek Hill. Right. I remember the Kareem, wasn't the Kareem Hunt one where he was like throwing punches like in the hallway, but. Yeah, it, it sounds I don't think it was at a familiar. girl. I don't. I might be mixing it up. Maybe that was the Tyreek. I mean, one. Adrian Peterson was suspended for child abuse, and yeah. that was it on video. I there mean, was I a video they had of that? audio of him. At, no, there was not. Yeah, they had audio or text messages of him basically saying, "Yeah, I probably went a little hard." Right, and but, all these players like went back in the league except for Ray Rice. That was a big one where they had a video of him like beating his wife in an elevator. So he was done after that, and he couldn't play anymore. So I think this is a similar situation to that. There's no video. He could fight it. Um, he could say uh, that she got the bruises from somewhere else, and he'll be playing oh back in the boy. league. I, I, I don't know. Uh, there's never any. Uh, she, she released photos of her face beaten, bruised. So right, but he could picture, say she got, worth a thousand she words, Roddy. You just said that <laughs> she got them from some someone else. It wasn't him. Yeah. You're you're reaching here. The bottom line is there's no there's no excuse for domestic violence. Uh, I, I think hate he was also it. charged. He was also charged with child abuse, which is uh, even worse. Yeah. Um, if if the charges are true, which I, you know, innocent until proven guilty, but the evidence is pretty damning. If if it is true, I don't think he should ever play in the NBA again. Yeah, I agree. I don't want him in the NBA if he's one of those players, but also. What if he is being set up? I don't know. I'm just, you know, devil's advocate. I, you, I hope it's not true. You have a way true. of defending like the worst possible. <laughs> I know. Devil's advocate. What if he didn't do it? It's what, like, okay. You, just, you do always have to look at the other side. Like, what if she is trying to get money out of him and, you know, just this is all fake. I, I have I know, nothing to add to that. <laughs> I'm going to very uh, subtly change topics. Summer League's over, Ronnie. <laughs> Did you watch yeah, any of the Summer League this year? I, I just hope that it's it's not true. And, uh, he, no, if it, it is, is true. true. Summer League is over. <laughs> I, going back to if it is true, I definitely hope he's not in the league anymore. Yeah. But yeah, Summer League. Summer League's over. Is it? Rookie. Yeah, it's over. July seventeenth, I believe, was the last the last game. Did Rookie you end up watching Keegan, any of it? 
I did. Keegan nice. Murray was named the MVP of Summer League. Uh, I watched actually that was the, the game I watched all of. I watched some highlights cool. here there, but Keegan Murray versus Chet Holgram, uh, Kings versus the Thunder was a pretty good game. It was nice to see both the number two and the number four overall pick kind of go head to head and legitimately went head to head. There was many many times where Murray and Holgram were were covering each other, guarding each other, and. Now, Keegan Murray looked pretty good. He put up points. I think he scored 29 points that game. But nice. there's definitely some – when he got double teamed, there were some frantic and ugly passes that resulted in turnovers. And I don't know if his stamina is built up quite yet. There were some shots that he missed that were short by like a lot. So I mm. think some of it is, is conditioning. Uh, Summer League doesn't mean anything. You can't look at this one game and be like, oh, the, the Thunder made a mistake because Chet only scored nine points in that game. It's yeah. irrelevant. But it is nice to see those guys go head-to-head. Uh, he's quick on the defensive side. He's got some quick hands and quick feet. He had a couple of really cool steals. Um, and it, it was it was fun to watch. I'm excited to watch the Kings a little bit this year. You know, they have De'Aaron Fox uh, and now Keegan Murray, who mm-hmm. potentially could could be an all-star. Yeah, the Knicks are putting together a pretty good team. So uh I'll have to check them out this year too. Did you see all the players that they're they're getting and all their that like they're talking about the talk about them trading for uh what's his name? I wanna say Mitchell. Oh yeah, let's talk about that. That that is so, something that is somewhat new from the last I'm, I'm just so, yeah, bringing it up Mitchell. because um it was Portland versus Knicks in the summer league championship, right? No idea. I'm no. <laughs> didn't league. you watch that so, game? I did not watch that game. The problem with oh, the summer league is I thought you were talking like, about that the, game. One, no, 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 Thunder and the Kings. Oh, okay, gotcha. The the number one overall pick was Paolo Benchero. He plays for Orlando. They shut him down after like two games, and Keegan Murray. They shut him down after four games. So these guys. This is why the summer league championship means absolutely nothing. They shut these guys down because. They want them healthy for the regular season. So, no, I did not watch the championship. I was more interested in watching individual players. Gotcha. Uh, but I watched some highlights of, of those guys. Yeah, see, I, I thought <laughs> when you're talking, I don't know what players play for which team yet because they're all young and new. So I thought you were talking about yeah. the championship game at first. Oh, my no. bad. I misheard you. But, yeah, it was, no, a, it was a I Knicks. was excited to watch Chet Holgram play gotcha. because, you know, he's he's – Undersize, he's tall but undersized. And see yeah. how he would how he would handle that. I I really enjoy watching because I'm a super skinny guy, and so to see him out there, you know, just balling it up, it's it's pretty cool. But um, yeah, it was Portland versus Knicks in the championship game, and uh, yeah, the Knicks, uh, you know, they're they're talking about these trades that they're doing, you know, and then they're they're in second place now because they just lost to Portland in the championship game, but uh, Quentin Grimes was on their team, and he he was a great player on there. I have a summer league first team right here that they did. So Quentin Grimes made it, and then a guy named Tari Easton from Houston Rockets. Shandro, I don't know how to say this last name. <laughs> I want you to try it, Roddy. Yeah, because I'm right amazing. Here in front of me. <laughs> Mamu Kesla Shlavili. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. That's a long ass name. <laughs> but he's for Milwaukee Bucks, so there's another addition to them. And then Keegan Murray, Sacramento Kings, that's your man. And then Cam Thomas from Brooklyn Nets. So they're on the first team in Summer League. Again, it is Summer League, so how much of that matters? But, I mean, it's mattered in the past. They've, they've had some really good players on these, on these first teams in the, in the past. So it's just kind of interesting. And then the one, did you see that Trenton 
What? What? Do you say his last name Watford? Trendon Watford. I... He okay. So he he won the MVP for summer league in the championship game. Nineteen point seven rebounds, three okay. steals. So uh, that was kind of cool to see. And then. Did you see that they give out rings in the summer league? I didn't even know. Yeah, that. I saw that on Twitter. That, yeah, that's, they're. I don't. I don't know. I don't think that means much in the grand scheme of things. But but so there's a lot of diamonds in that rings. one. There's yeah, a, I wonder. So, I wonder if it's real or if it's just. Uh, <laughs> I know. So, silly. Because it's summer league, you almost want to say it's fake, you know. But I mean, yeah, it is the NBA, so I'm, I'm sure it's real. It looks pretty real. So you, you brought up Donovan Mitchell, uh, Utah Jazz. They originally, after they traded Rudy Gobert, they were not interested in trading Donovan Mitchell. They've changed mm-hmm. their minds. They're open to trading him. And I have seen the Knicks linked to him quite a bit. Uh, it would be interesting. You know, they signed Jalen Brunson in the offseason. If they then trade for, for Donovan Mitchell, that's a pretty big refresh on that team. Yeah. They would probably have to give up a lot to get him. I mean, we saw what the Timberwolves had to give up to get Rudy Gobert. I, I imagined a package will look similar for Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell is, I think, five years younger than Rudy Gobert, so certainly mm-hmm. has a lot more longevity there. But that's that's interesting that the Jazz are willing to do that. I have no idea if it'll actually happen or not. I feel like when you dangle somebody's name out there for trade, you almost have to trade them because, you know, what are they supposed to do? They're going to come back and be like, hey, I'm, I'm glad I'm still here, even though you guys tried to get rid of me. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he gets moved or not this this offseason. I think all the big stuff is done. That would be a big one, right? So the two big pieces, I think, are Donovan Mitchell and Kevin Durant. Both mm-hmm. of those guys have been linked to multiple teams, have been rumored to be traded, but yeah, nothing as of yet. And they're talking about, yeah, possibly trading Julius Randle for Mitchell. So that would be a... I, I guess I would like Julius Randle to stay on the Knicks and then add Mitchell to them along with Brunson. And in my mind, I was like, man, that would be a, a really cool team to watch this year too. But if they're trading away Julius Randle, that would kind of take some of it away. Yeah, I I imagine the Jazz will want players back. I mean, they mm-hmm. got a ton of players from from uh, Minnesota, but yeah, they're clearly in a rebuild phase. Yeah, or could they, they could just get a bunch of first round draft picks off of it too. They could do with Gobert. Yeah, and then package some of those to move up to top pick overall. Who knows? I don't Man, watch how, college how, basketball, so I have no idea if someone's good coming out next year or not. Yeah. How many first rounders would Utah have that they added to their that trade, you <laughs> <Yeah>. know? <laughs> I think they got five draft picks from, from Minnesota. I don't yeah. know those obviously all weren't the same year, but yeah, interesting. Cool. All right, let's move on to our favorite game, Start Bench Trade. This is a play on Mary F. Kill. Uh, where we're going to start a player. He's going to become the face of our franchise. It's the player we want on our team. Bench means, yeah, we want him, but he's going to be coming off the bench. And trade means get him out of there for whatever reason. He's not a good fit. He's going to cause drama with your starter or your bench players. Uh, so, Ronnie, you you picked together a selection. Can you tell tell us the team and tell us the motivation for picking these three guys? Okay. So I want to know who you would start bench trade with Chris Paul, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook. Um, I picked all these players because, uh, for the most part, they play point guard, you know, with the exception of James Harden. Um, and then they're all kind of like older players, but they didn't have that great of a year last year. So I was curious to see who are you going to pick out of those three guys. Yeah, this one, I, I normally look up stats. I have a spreadsheet where I, I compute a lot of data before I make a decision. But I decided to just kind of go with my gut on this one. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, the first name that pops out to me, you know, I, I'm very ageist. But uh, James <laughs> yeah. Harden, we just talked about how old he apparently isn't. He's 32 years old. I like James Harden's game a lot. He's put up just insane numbers over his career. So him having a down year is a little bit concerning. But even his down year was still pretty dominant. Um, I did look up his numbers for something else. I mean, he still averaged 21, 20 plus points a game. Uh, shooting 40%. So he's definitely a very skilled player. I would pick James Harden as my starter. Okay. My bench player, I'm going to pick Chris Paul. I feel like his abilities are are starting to fade, but he still provides a lot of leadership, a lot of value. Uh, coming off the bench, I think that would be huge and helpful for any team. Yeah. And then my trade is obviously Russell Westbrook. I can't stand Russell Westbrook. I think <laughs> Russell Westbrook is the fan of the Russell Westbrook uh, fan club. Yep. I also think it's really, really hard to say the name Russell Westbrook. Uh, <laughs> when we were talking earlier in the podcast, what did I say? Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if I had to say it five times fast, I'm certain I would mess it up. Yep. So just for that alone, no. Uh, I just don't like <laughs> Russell Westbrook. I think he he cares too much about individual stats. Um, I think he's a great basketball player. I, I just don't think he's a good fit where he has to share the spotlight yeah so start james Harden, bench chris paul trade russell westbrook well that's interesting because you picked the player with the lowest shooting percentage harden last year had he was 0.402 and then next was uh westbrook so he was 0.444 and then of course we got our guy 0.493 with chris paul so i'm just kind of interesting wow that is that is a bigger I, – I would not have guessed it was almost a – what is that, eight-point eight point swing between top and bottom? Yeah, almost, yeah. But then, That's surprising. But I understand your logic behind it. You know I mean? Yeah, Harden, he's had a, an amazing – like he was averaging – when on Houston, his highest was 36 points a game. But it's been going down – like every, so that was his highest. Then it goes 34, 24, 24, 24, 22, 22, 21. So it, it keeps going down. It's It's not going up. So it's just kind of interesting well, who, to see that. Who was on that Houston team with him? Uh, I have to pull it up, but yeah, there was no, a nobody. There was nobody <laughs> on those teams, yeah. and that's why he had so many points. Now he he has other players around mm -hmm. him, and he doesn't need to be the top scorer. That's that's yeah. what I'm that's what I'm saying to defend my boy James. Okay, I don't but, know if that's true or not, but no, yeah. <laughs> that's, so that's the argument I'm making. His shooting percentage hasn't been trending upward either, too. So let's let's go back to the year when he had 36 points. So that was okay. 2018 and 2019. He it was 0.442, and then it went 0.444, So it's been around the same for the most part. His highest was in 20 to 21, whereas 0.471, and then it it just dropped. Now it's hovering around the range of 0.41 to 0.402 for his last year. Right, so, and it's yeah. I don't know what's happening with him. It's I don't know. Why would it go lower in his shooting percentage when he has better people around him? That doesn't make sense. Like we're talking about like Irving um, and Durant and now um, yeah. Embiid. So very interesting. Well, it's going it's going down because he's making less shots. But <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, that's a good question. Uh, maybe he's taking less higher percentage shots. He's being more on the perimeter. You know, when you have somebody like Joel. Uh, on your team, you don't necessarily need to get down and score those points in the paint, but those points in the paint are high percentage shots. Yeah. So maybe that has something to do with it. You'd have to look deeper at the stats to see, you know, is he taking 
what's his points of the paint look like over those course of the years and what's his uh you know jump shot look like yeah. compared to are those being consistent maybe he's taking more jump shots now than than in the paint that would certainly play with those numbers but yeah that's you start bringing in data and facts i i look like a chump roddy <laughs> no it was i would probably pick the same other than so my my start bench trade out of these guys i I was thinking about the same thing. I would, might, I probably would put Chris Paul to start because of how it, he just always has brought the whole entire team up, right? Like, has he ever gone to a team and the team has done worse? No. Um, he's always made them better. So that's probably why I would start him. Um, I would probably pick Westbrook second as much as we make fun of him, but statistically, uh, he just, he does, he does all the work, you know? And then James Harden, he's just trending downward, so that's why I would get rid of him. I don't see really any value when, like, how how can you hold on to the guy when he's not showing improvement? He just keeps getting worse and worse. Which I like uh, how you said yours is similar to mine, and then it was completely different. <laughs> so it was, yeah, until I looked at stats. Yeah. So okay. I, so you changed your mind mid. Yeah. Mid podcast. Yeah. So I was gonna uh, get rid of Westbrook. I was going to, I didn't like him because okay. we always make fun of him, you know? And then I was kind of a toss up between Harden and Chris Paul because Harden's just been so good historically and Chris Paul too, you know? But yeah, gosh, I, I probably still would have picked Chris Paul before this just because I like him so much. That's probably because he's a son now, honestly. But, uh, it James was Harden it's, is cheaper. Yeah, but he's you could, yeah, you, you could go both ways, you know? Like, honestly, if Harden was a son, I'd probably pick him because. I do yeah. like both players and yeah, I don't know. But then if you look at how like Westbrook, he's also been trending down. It's like 25 points per year, 22. He had a, so in 2019-20, it went back up to 27 and then back down to 22. And then last year was 18 points per game. So he's trending downward too, again, for the last three years. Chris Paul, he's always just average around the teens. He's never been anything big. Last year was his lowest points per year, 14.7. And uh, it's been around like the high teens for every year before that. So he's trending down too, but he just makes the team better still. If you have James Harden's stats up still, what does his assist look like? Because I think he averaged Mm -hmm. 10 assists last year, which, you know, that's 20 points. But are his assist numbers remaining consistent or or are they trending downward as well? I will pull that up. 10.5 assist was last year. Okay. And Chris Paul's, let's see if I can find his real quick. Chris Paul's should be higher, right? He plays a yeah. different position. He yeah, plays his the role of distributor. 10.8. He had his almost his highest last year. I think it was, well, my I, I screenshotted it, so I only go, his his stats are so long because he's been in a league so long. But uh, yeah. on here, it's the second highest on my, what I have for like the last 10 years. Ten, second highest, and you said 10.8? Yeah, 10.8 per year. Or 10.8 so, assist for last year. That's not significantly higher. I mean, that's yeah. not point. I mean, that's not not that's compared to Harden. I would I would have expected to been to been higher. Mm-hmm. So last couple of years, James Harden has averaged just above ten, between ten and eleven. Yeah, right, ten point two. Yeah, 10. all in the tens for like the last six Seems, years. Yeah, the last. Well, that's not true. Oh, yep, because he got traded. He played so. for six different teams. My bad. <laughs> yeah, I did the same thing. I was like, wait, that's not right. So since he left Houston, his assist numbers have gone up by about three a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, points which, went down, yeah, assists went points. up. Points went down, assists went up. So that's interesting. Um, 
So yeah, take take that into consideration. Let's see, his turnovers have remained about consistent. Although last year he had a fairly significantly lower number of turnovers. Westbrook's assist last year was seven point one. The year before that on Washington was eleven point seven. Yeah. Well that's the year he averaged a triple double, I think, was was one of the things that people were talking about. And then yeah. Very weird. But okay. um well that's so, interesting that, that Westbrook's assists have gone up when he left Houston and that's explained some of his points dropping as yeah. well. So yeah, I I, but, I would start Chris Paul. For Harden, I would bench him. I'm sorry, I would bench Westbrook and then get rid of Harden. I don't like the sound of that now that we were looking at the assist and everything. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I could convince you of anything at this point. Like yeah. if I just, just say something. So uh, what, one of the listeners mentioned how you, you picked Minnesota to win first in the West after the trade. And I replied back, um, yeah, I think he's picked five different teams to be first in the <laughs> yeah. West at various points. Right. Yeah. It could be easily convinced and manipulated. So. Yeah. It's, it's all. So yeah, I look at this when we're doing start bench trades. So who's going to be the best next year? And in my mind, right. even though Chris Paul you know, ended the year super crappy, as soon as he turned 37, he couldn't do anything. I would still start him, you know? Harden just so seemed like he was bad through a, all the year. Let's take a lunch bet on this then, because I all think right. it'll be Harden. So what are we going to do? Points plus assists or points plus assists plus some other factor? We we need to figure that out, but to, to see who's the better player. Um mm. We'll figure it out offline, but yeah, I, I don't I know like if you want to do be... like what what they end with with their record because like which team has a win most the winning record, but then you kind of have to worry about with like injuries. But then again, I don't know. I feel like being a point guard, you kind of like facil- facilitate like how the game is going to go, and I don't know. You do, which is why I was shocked that Harden had more assists than or yeah. essentially the same assists as Chris Paul. They all kind of ended. Like at the same point last year, except for the Lakers, they did yeah. super bad. But except they the they, they should have like ended up this at the same spot as all these guys, really. But they just had so horrible let's, injuries. Let's we'll come up with some equation to calculate wins and minutes played and points and and assists and uh, shooting percentage and all that jazz, and we'll we'll come to an agreement and we'll see who who's the better player, whether it be James Harden or uh, Chris Paul. Okay, let's do this. Let's take the average of their position and. Almost every stat. Let's do points, assist, and do you want to do something else like shooting percentage? Sure. Okay, and then like whatever they place, we'll just take the average of their place. Okay. Amongst their position? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Works for me. So who do you think is going to win next year? James Harden. <laughs> I feel like I've made that fairly obvious throughout this entire episode. James Harden. So you don't think Westbrook is because he always puts together no. like big stats. No. No. Okay. Maybe. All right. Are we doing what? I, I thought you picking Paul and I was picking Harden. Are you, you're you're yeah. throwing in Westbrook so, as well. So well, no. Look, so Chris Paul, like he has the the highest percentage shooting, right? But the lowest right. points per game. And then he's in the middle for assist. And then, yeah, Westbrook is last for assist, but he's middle for points per game. And, oh, no, he, how much did Harden have? Do you remember how many points per game Harden had? No, yeah, okay, so he, so Westbrook Uh, was in the middle for points per game and in the middle for shooting percentage. Harden was last for shooting percentage, most for points, and most for assists. 
Second most so, racist. He was behind Chris Paul. Oh yeah, my bad. So yeah, all I, right. It could be. It's like That's, they're all right there. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll we'll look at that. We'll figure out something. There there should be wins. Maybe should be factored into that. Certainly minutes played. Right. If Chris Paul's playing half the number of minutes, then it would be seem reasonable that he would have the half as many points. But yeah, that I don't know. We'll figure it out. Uh, for my start bench trade, I, I took a little bit of a different approach. There were three players that were traded at the deadline for teams to kind of make playoff runs. And uh, James Harden, his name we've talked about a lot in this podcast, he's on my <laughs> list. James Harden, Derek White, and CJ McCollum. Now, those are very different players, but I want you to kind of consider what other teams had to give up to get him. And that should play a role on that as well. So... This one is going to be a little bit interesting. So let's let's take a look at James Harden as first. So okay. he was traded from Brooklyn to Philadelphia. He played his points per game stayed about the same. When he got traded, it actually went down about a point and a half. His shooting percentage dropped about a point and a half. His assists went up just a hair, uh, and his rebounds dropped. So he really didn't change that much. I think if you were to look at uh, from a statistical point there, it's not statistically different. He more or less was the same player before the trade or after the trade, which I think is a positive. I think it's difficult to come into a new team, a new situation, especially when you're a superstar and, and have the same impact that you were having. So mm -hmm. I, I would say that's a positive. His, his numbers didn't drop significantly. Uh, but Philadelphia had to give up a ton to bring in James Harden. They traded Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond and two future first round picks in order to acquire Harden. Now that's yeah. not James Harden's fault. They kind of got themselves into a, a tough situation with Ben Simmons and they were going to have to give up a lot to get rid of him. Mm -hmm. um, and that essentially is what they did. Ben Simmons didn't play a single game this season. He was toxic to the Philadelphia team. They had to get rid of him. I think they gave up a lot, but they got a, a pretty solid player. Uh, and we've, yeah. we've talked about some of his accolades last season already. So he is the first player. Uh, let's talk about Derek White next. Derek White went from the San Antonio Spurs to the Boston Celtics. He played less minutes. And as a result, I'm, I'm assuming as a result, his points dropped. He dropped about three and a half points per game. Mm -hmm. His shooting percentage dropped about one and a half percent. And his assists dropped by about two as well. So... His performance overall declined. I guess the minutes per game was only uh, three minutes per game. That's not a huge difference. Yeah. Uh, so they, they lost some production. He lost some production. We went from the Spurs to the Boston Celtics. Boston had to send Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, and a 2022 first-round pick to San Antonio to acquire White. So knee-jerk reaction. Um, I don't think... I don't know how much value you got from that trade. Now, obviously, they made it to the NBA Finals, so you could argue he had some huge games. But what are what are your knee-jerk reactions on this trade? I wait. Who did they give up again? Who did the, who did uh... some guys I've never heard of? Josh Richardson, yeah. Romeo Langford. Okay, uh, the big one was the 2022 first-round pick. So I guess they gained a lot of value because he did have those good games, but he I don't know. He I think it was kind of even i don't i don't know who the other guys were so i can't really compare stats yeah, with that's this true. guys you know so it's kind of hard for me to say but he, well, he did have those few games 
when you look at Boston in the finals and even throughout their playoff run, one mm-hmm. of the areas that they struggled the most, I would say, was depth. They did not have good depth. Sure. So if you replace those two guys who are not playing at a first-round pick to get some additional depth, you could argue that that's the reason why they made it to the finals is because they finally had some depth. They finally had some points coming off the bench where they right. didn't have that before. Uh, so, yeah, uh, for a first-round – so, you know, the the 76ers gave up two first-round picks for Harden. Boston gave up one first-round pick for Derek White. And uh, let's move to the last one. This is C.J. McCollum. C.J. McCollum was traded from the Portland Trailblazers to the New Orleans Pelicans. New Orleans got uh, C.J. McCollum, Larry Nance Jr., who had some pretty solid minutes during the playoffs, mm-hmm. uh, and Tony Snell, who I don't think saw much action at all. No. Portland got Josh Hart, uh, the two players that they pretty much immediately turned around and traded. So I, I pretty much obviously that's not they're not really good players if you're immediately turning around and trading yeah. them. Uh, another guy I've never heard of, Didi Lozadio, Didi Lozada, uh, and then they gave around away a 2022 first round pick and two second round picks. So Portland well, acquired three draft picks total, four players, and New Orleans Pelicans got three players. Uh, CJ McCollum being the centerpiece of that with Larry Nance Jr. being depth. Yeah, Pelicans definitely won this one. I mean, that, that I was a so. huge add-on. Yeah. I, I agree with that. So CJ McCollum's numbers, this is, this is one that was quite a bit different. He actually started averaging, uh, four points more per game. But here's the one that blew my mind about six percentage points better shooting. He went from 43% to just under 50% shooting, which is huge. Uh, his assists went up about a person, uh, a point and a half and, uh, his rebounds stayed about the same, but he like was resurrected when he got to New Orleans and started shooting better, sh- started scoring more, uh, started having more assists. I think that is really, really cool. So I, I would agree with you. The Pelicans definitely want this trade. They have CJ McCullen under contract for a couple more years. Uh, at least next year or the year after that. So it wasn't like a, a short-term rental yeah. uh, like it was with, with James Harden until they re-signed him. Uh, so yeah, that that was an interesting trade as well. So those are the three players. Again, obviously their stats aren't equal, but you have to consider what the team gave up in order to get him. Start bench trade, James Harden, Derek White, CJ McCollin. Ronnie, I'm going to let you go first on this one. All right, well... I would start CJ McCollum. I just am too big of a Pelicans fan not to right now. Um, I would bench James Harden and I would sit Derek White. Um, when you look at the value no, that trade Derek, Derek White, no, I, I would. Yeah, okay. S- start bench trade. S- start bench <laughs> trade. My bad. I would get rid of him after I traded him. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, so Derek White, he doesn't bring too much value. I mean, he had a couple of games in the in the finals there or just in the playoffs altogether that I remember. But in the finals he really didn't show up, I don't think. I don't did he play I just remember going over stats with you after after those games when we were doing the overtime podcast yeah. and we were just like, where is he? What happened? You know? So I don't Yeah, so he had he had a kid and I think he missed a couple of games because of that. But then he came yeah. back like gangbusters. I think his first two games back, he was huge in those games and then it did start to fade off as mm-hmm. as the series got uh deeper yeah after he got traded he went from 14 points a game down to 11 points per game his right. shooting percentage kind of sucks too i think it was only okay so it's 
0.409. So it, it dropped a little bit. It was 0.426 and then 0.409. So I don't know what, what, what happens to these guys like when they get traded? That's very interesting, especially with McCollum, then that going up. Like, does he just go to a, a better team that coaches better to get him open looks so that way he makes more shots? Or, like, so my prediction is he's suddenly on a contender and he's excited to play basketball. With yeah, him. you think it's just excitement and motivation? Nobody likes being on a losing team. <laughs> so, and I 100% think it's like, hey, man, this team is special. This team has a chance. And I'm part of it now, and I'm I'm excited to be here, and it's just like having a, a adrenaline and having yeah. just that life and, and happiness pushed back into you, and all of a sudden you start – the game becomes a lot easier when you're yeah. enjoying playing it. See, I think it's maybe the coaching and the team around you too. Like if, if you have to guard some other guys – I know Zion wasn't out there this year, but um, um, what's his name was? Uh, I suck at remembering names right off the bat. Who's the you other guy? You really do. In- Ingram, right? You- Yes. Brandon okay. Yeah. Ingram. So, like, you have to guard him <laughs> for and the which, team that you love. I know, which right? Is the Pelicans? No, you it's just for some reason. Star player. Right off the bat, I just can't remember players immediately. It's it's a, just something funny that happens with me. But then you have to really guard Ingram, and then that leaves CJ McCollum open because maybe you don't have the best person guarding you all the time. Maybe he's guarding Ingram, sure. and then yep. it leaves McCollum a little more open. And these guys, like the Pelicans' overall team, they're running around and getting open. So, I I think. That's part of it. It's just the coaching, and he was open more for better looks. So I don't how sure. how much better was Portland compared to the Pelicans at that time too? Weren't they about the same? I don't think there was a big difference in like wins to losses. I'm not sure. I, at I that think time they were about the same were. because they have Damian Lillard, and they're pretty decent. Well, Anyways, was Damian Lillard hurt for a chunk of the season? Yeah. See, there's another reason then. So if McCollum was being guarded more heavily because he was hurt. That kind of explains the percentage there, too. He had the best defender on him, probably. Damian Lillard played 29 games this season. So, yes, he mm. was he was out for yeah. the majority of the year. So, I would start C.J. McCollum. I, I really like his game right now. Um, my bench would be James Harden because, statistically, he, he's still up there, right, right along with McCollum. And then James White, I would bench him. Trade him, Derek White. Get rid of him, <laughs> Derek White. Trade. Yes. I would. I would kill him. <laughs> what's what's? Oh no! <laughs> Can I say that? <laughs> yeah, you're going to be on a list somewhere. Yeah, but uh, okay. So I took a little bit of a different approach. Um, similar but different. I I agree with you on CJ McCollum. You know, they got CJ McCollum, who was fantastic on that team. They got Larry Nance Jr., who gave them some depth, and they gave up a first round pick and two second round picks. And some players that I think are more or less irrelevant. I mean, obviously, because Portland immediately turned around and traded two of those guys. So they give up a first-round pick and two second-round picks. Oftentimes, your second-round picks are not game-changers. I mean, it happens from time to time. But when you can get a player like C.J. McCollin, who is going to be a difference-maker, I think you happily trade a first and two seconds. Um, if that's all, right? If that was just it, but you also got back Larry Nance Jr. So I think Portland definitely lost in this trade. The Pelicans won, uh, and CJ McCollum, because of that, is the player that I am going to start. Mm-hmm. Where I disagree with you is on uh, on who I'm going to bench. I'm going to have Derek White coming off my bench. Really? Because, yeah, and here's why. They gave up a first-round pick, which, yeah, that sucks, but Boston's first-round pick gonna be uh 30 something right maybe the last it's gonna be the late 20s so it's not 
It's not going to be a lottery pick. It's not going to be a, a, an impact player necessarily. How many times do late first round players even stay in the NBA for three years? So you have someone with a proven track record in Derek White. Yes, he's not going to be a superstar, but at that time you needed depth. He is exactly what you needed on that team, and you gave up very, very little to get him. I think James Harden is the better player, but I'm trading him because you traded Ben Simmons, who is a starter, Seth Curry, who I don't think is a starter, but certainly a fringe starter. He can give you start uh, spot starts and, and be the sixth or seventh guy on your on your team. Andre Drummond and two first round picks. So they gave up a lot to bring in Harden. Now there's <laughs> circumstances that led to them having to give up a lot. I understand that. But at the end of the day, you gave up a ton to get one player. But Simmons didn't even play. He's still a starter and an all-star just because he didn't play. Yeah, <laughs> He's under contract, right? He's, he, he was going to play. He's yeah. going to play basketball again. It's not like you gave up someone who's never going to play again. But, but you gained somebody who so that was, the logic was behind able that. to play. You know, I mean, he, Harden did a lot for the team and... I think what you gave up wasn't oh, I, a, I, a lot. I don't think it was I as totally much as you think Harden it was. Played great for the team. You don't think that Ben's giving up Ben Simmons is a lot? No, because he didn't play at all, and you don't know how much he's, he's going to play next year. You don't know if he's going to play yeah. still. He might be mentally you, sure, ill next year. Sure, <laughs> sure. I, I I'm not disagreeing with you, but if you look at his past numbers, he is a he's a he's an all star. Yeah, He's a starter and he's an all-star and you gave that up to get back another starter and all-star. But you also gave up some pieces and you also gave up two for future first-round picks. And just like the Boston argument, those those first-round picks probably aren't going to be lottery picks. But there's still, there's still some value to those picks and you had to give up two of them. Um, so that's all I'm saying is Philadelphia yeah. gave up a lot to get Harden. They're, they're for, they're, they're, here's the risk factor involved with that, too. Harden just resigned with the Sixers today. It was possible you gave up all of that and Harden walked. Can you imagine that? <laughs> yeah, right. How embarrassing would that be yeah, for the front tough. office? And it's all because of the relationship with Ben Simmons deteriorated. But I cannot imagine if he would have went and signed with another team. Well, we gave up Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round picks for mm -hmm. a player that played for our team for 21 games. Awesome. I see your point. I just can't get, I can't look past the stats and I can't look past, like, even with Harden taking less money this year. I mean, I just feel like there was a better value there for what happened, but I get your point of, you know, what they gave up at the time. Yeah. And I get your point as well. I, I get your point as well. I'm just looking at the total. What did it cost to bring that player in? And what did you need him to do? Uh, you needed Harden to do a lot and you gave up a lot in order to do that. Mm -hmm. You didn't need Derek White to do a lot and he did um but you didn't give up a ton to to bring him in but clearly cj mccullen and, and the pelicans are the winner it just um, sounds so of, of wrong trade. with you putting white ahead of harden you know what i mean like it just I especially can't... in the last segment where i talked about <laughs> exactly how james harden is like the greatest yeah. player in the world you yeah. him better no, I know. than chris I definitely paul feel and westbrook <laughs> I definitely feel weird about it. Don't don't yeah. get me wrong, but, but I, I know why. Just you're when doing you look it. at the trade overall, it, it just it's very yeah. lopsided, and uh, I take that I that weighed heavily on my on my decision. Yeah, when you're talking about start benching and trading based off of you know what they gave up, I get it. But yeah, I'm glad it's I'm a glad dumb you decision. Get it, <laughs>
<laughs> I get it, but you're stupid. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> so still no NBA schedules. NBA schedules have not been released yet. I'm, uh, they, I think they're expected sometime in early to mid-August. But uh, you know, Christmas Day seems to be the the premier matchup mm-hmm. for the NBA. Who is your dream matchup on Christmas Day? <laughs> I don't know. I just I'm going to spend it with family. I barely. We just need something on in the background while we're all with family. So I don't want the Suns to be on during that time. You know, I don't. I don't <laughs> want enough. to have to pay attention to the TV. I just want it on in the background so I can hear basketball. So maybe the Lakers. Uh, who else don't I like? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you 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 want it to be teams that you. That yeah. you feel are irrelevant. So the the Lakers versus the Wizards is like, yeah. oh La- yeah, Lakers versus great, Utah would be a great an Christmas excellent Day game. Matchup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm the opposite. I want it to be who, sort of a we'll call it a finals preview. Yeah. So I would want to see the Bucks versus the Warriors. I think that's my my dream Christmas Day matchup. Uh, well, how about Minnesota? Because Minnesota versus Pelicans. That one I would actually just put the family on hold and watch that game. Okay, so there you go. That's your real answer instead of your your <laughs> fake answer. I like it. I like it, Roddy. There you yeah, go. I'm excited to see the schedule. Um, hopefully, hopefully it comes out soon, and we can have our official countdown of how many days are remaining until we see NBA basketball again. Summer league's over, so we're really we're really desperate now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. I'm looking at old highlights, and you know, you mentioned the Amari highlights. I saw those on Twitter yeah, as well. That's so like, good. Man, yeah. Can't wait. Can't wait. Well, here's something funny I, I saw on Twitter, too. It was saying the Seattle Supersonics, they, they, their last playoff series win was in May of 2005. The Sacramento Kings' last playoff series win was in April of 2004. So the Supersonics haven't even been a team since 2008. <laughs> so that was pretty cool to see that. That just shows yeah, my... Yeah, the Kings have not been in the playoffs yeah. for 16 years. Crazy. That's Good rough. luck, Kings. You'll do it this year. Place your bets. <laughs> They're building something, right? Keegan Murray, yeah. Jared Fox, they're building they're building something there. Whether they or not they good. can keep healthy and Yeah, they look I mean summer league good. <laughs> <laughs> let's not let's not get too crazy here. Hey, one quick question too. Do you yeah. what team do you think Carmelo Anthony should be on next year? Because he's probably gonna continue his season. Have you would you want him to sign with the Suns at all by any chance? Uh my knee jerk reaction is no. Yeah, just because of age, probably because you're ageist. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that old fool. No, yeah. I, I think, I, I, I don't know. I haven't watched a lot of Carmelo Anthony in recent years. Has he accepted that he's not a starter in the NBA? Or yeah, he does did. He still think he okay? If he's if that's true, then I would be okay because he is a veteran. He is somebody that has seen it all and, and been places. So I would be okay. If that was the case, I, I always have a problem with the guys, uh, you know, from a football perspective, Cam Newton, who still thinks he should be a starter in the NFL. Oh. Um, that's going to be that's going to be a no for me, dog. Yeah. It's, I, it's how rough. about a Knicks Carmelo Anthony reunion? That would be kind of cool. Yeah. Since they're trying to build something there. And he, he Carmelo, he had yeah. an excellent year last year on the Lakers. I know that's maybe <laughs> doesn't make sense because the Lakers did so bad, but he played really good. Yeah, I think I think if you're looking for a veteran that can come off the bench, that I think I think he would be if he's matured some. And it sounds like he has. He would be he would be a good pick. Yeah, I've always liked him. Pickup. So I don't know. Just I saw that little bit on Twitter too. So 
just kind of wondering what your thought on that. It's crazy that him and LeBron have been playing. This will be their twentieth season. Yeah, that's they I have mean, a lot of old players on the team. Yeah, no, just that they've been doing. Like, I can't, I can't think of anything in my life that I've done for twenty years. Oh yeah, uh, certainly something physically exhausting. But like <laughs> the, the the play, especially uh, Carmelo too. But LeBron clearly is still one of the best players in the NBA. I'm not a huge LeBron fan, but. The fact that he's been playing at such a high level for 20 years, and LeBron hasn't had any like completely missed seasons. There's been seasons where he's been hobbled and, and maybe hasn't played a ton, but for the most part, he's he's played every season, and yeah. that's absolutely insane to me. I was going to say, well, I've been with my wife for 20 years, but then you said physically <laughs> exhausting, and I was like, oh, I better not say that. <laughs> hi What have you done that has been physically exhausting for 20 years? Oh, never mind. I won't say that. Yeah, <laughs> but like I, I mean, think about video games. I haven't even played. I, I have the attention span of of a gerbil when it comes to that. I don't <laughs> think I've played a video game longer than a year straight before being like, "Yeah, I'm done with this." You know, so I'm I crazy imagine. with those. I I have all of my old systems plugged up with a a little switch thing I could do. I have like the original Nintendo, the 64, the Super Nintendo. So sometimes I play Madden '98 because I I love that Madden. Oh really? Yep. We got Reggie White on there <laughs> and all these. Prime. Yeah, Barry yeah. Sanders. So hats off to LeBron. LeBron played in the Drew League this summer, which I had never heard of. Have you ever heard of the Drew League prior to this? No, yeah, they're advertising like crazy all of a sudden. But I've yeah, I didn't you know get a chance Drew to League watch it. Is? Not really. Um who's... I Googled it beforehand because I had no idea what the heck it was either. Okay, tell me a little bit more about it. Well, I could just tell you a little because there's not a ton of information. Okay. But it's it's a pro am league where professionals and amateurs can can basically sign up and, and play basketball and they used to play just out of a little high school gym and with an average attendance of like 50 people and obviously it's grown over the years yeah. but it kind of became a lot bigger uh during the lockout season where you know mm-hmm. basketball players still wanted to play against high level competition so they signed up for this drew league uh because it's a program it doesn't violate you know their contract they're not getting paid or anything to be there but uh you started having a lot more professionals show up to that and uh it's been around since like the seventies. It's been around for a long time and it's just continues to grow every year. Obviously getting players like LeBron is, is huge. It's going to help it grow. Yeah. That's going to, but yeah, it's just sort of a rec league. Yeah. I think it's really, really cool that, that, that exists and that big time players come. Yeah. I just uh, saw a bunch of, uh, there was like a a flood of like retweets of all that on Twitter too, where all it was, was like LeBron dunking and, he scored like 42 points and I was like, what's going on? What is this Drew League? You know, that's why I learned about it just because like everything was, it was like the NBA was retreating it and then like it came up on the Drew League, of course. And then like every big Twitter account that had to do with the NBA was tweeting about it. So very interesting. Yeah. No, I think, I think it's cool when, when players do stuff like that, they go and participate in the Drew League or, or some of that other stuff. One of the fun things that I saw during the lockout was, Kevin Durant tweeted, like, is anybody doing any, like, flag football game? And someone uh, at the the college says, yeah, we're playing flag football tonight at whatever time. He showed up and played flag football with the guys. Yeah, that's so I cool. I thought that was pretty cool. Like, just with random then, people? Uh, just random people, that's yeah. That's amazing. And uh, eventually, word got out. And you just had masses of people there. And he yeah. had to have, like, security help get him out. <laughs> but bet. initially, it was just like, hey – Who's doing anything? Hey, we're playing flag football. Come down. And he showed up. And I, yeah. I think stories like that are pretty cool too. Yeah, that's awesome. That Can you imagine 
Like you and your friends just hanging out no, and all of a sudden not at all. Kevin's like, Hey, mind if I join? <laughs> God. Do you think Kevin Durant looks like Jamie Foxx? <laughs> no, not really. He actually no. looks like my cousin I, though, even though my cousin's white. He, I swear to God, like he does certain <laughs> things and certain faces. I, I even text my cousin, I'm like, dude, he, he reminds me so much of you. He's like, Really? I'm like, Yeah, just I can't explain it. I think he looks a little bit like Jamie Foxx. And then um but not, obviously there's a huge height difference there, but yeah. uh, it is it is striking. Like If they ever made a movie about Kevin Durant, I think Jamie Foxx should play Kevin Durant. <laughs> so, so much shorter, I though. close enough. I mean, you got to get yeah, a yeah, really but tall you can player. Fix that. Can you? I mean, like the Hobbits and Lord of the Rings weren't really that short. Yeah. Elijah Wood is not that tiny compared to, you know, or like uh, uh, that, that tall guy in Hogwarts, you know, with Hagrid. He wasn't really yeah, that big. Yeah, Hagrid's... He's really not half giant, Ronnie. Yeah. <laughs> That's the uh, the magic of cinema. <laughs> hey, you know where I learned about the Jew League? What where I, is that? I first heard about it from Butt Crack Sports. So shout oh, out to Butt Crack no. Sports. <laughs> Butt Crack Sports. They were the first to retweet about again. it. <laughs> Oh, that's where that's where you should get a job, Roddy. Buckhead <laughs> yeah. Sports. You could be be their top reporter, sniffing out the stories. I'll just create front crack sports. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I think I think that's a good point to uh, to end it for today. So. Okay. <laughs> thanks, Roddy. Thanks for that, Jim. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Check us out. Follow us on Twitter if you're not already. Please subscribe and like the podcast. It really helps us grow. And uh, we appreciate you listening to us, and we'll see you next time. Yep. Thanks, guys. <laughs>